Let's take off his mask and see who he really is. <gasps> the friends we made along the way. We're talking Scooby-Doo on today's... We're not affiliated with Netflix. Welcome to KidFlix, the podcast where adults try to definitively rank every kid's movie ever made. I'm your host, Ross Wiseman, and this show is not for kids, so turn this off and speak in unison. My guest today, holy crap, long time that she's been away from the podcast, but she's coming back in full force. You know her, you love her. She was a comedian, but now she's a nanny, basically. <laughs> <laughs> That's <Fuck you. laughs> uh, Atlanta's own Mrs. Doubtfire, Erin Dahoney. Hey, Erin. Oh, hello, Ross. It's so good to see you. It's so nice to see you. God, I, I guess the last time we saw each other was the last time we recorded a podcast together, I think. Probably. I was going to ask you, what did we talk about? I remember having a lot of fun, but I can't remember which like kids movie or show we chatted about. So uh, we recorded all the way back in 2017. Damn. And it was the first trailer trash episode because that was, uh, we wanted to record, but neither of us had time to watch a full movie. So I was like, uh, how about I just send you some trailers? And it's because. Oh, yes. That was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Wow. And we just got to <laughs> yell uh, about trailer. I don't even remember which ones we covered in there, but I remember they were clunkers. I think uh, one was um, one was like over the hedge. It was about squirrels. Oh, thing. The, the nut job. The nut but, job <laughs> it had squirrels in it. <laughs> but no, I just remembered we also recorded. We reviewed this movie about like a dog that gets kidnapped that sounds vaguely familiar and like the anime it was like a fourth rate animation studio (laughs) but it's like fucking kids are gonna watch it but speaking of fucking kids are gonna watch it so i'm curious uh about your experience just with like watching kids media and especially the topic that we're talking about today scooby-doo just because Mm -hmm. you are a professional nanny you watch kids a lot it's during covid so there aren't as many opportunities to like go out and do things so like Mm -hmm. how do you navigate watching stuff with them professional nanny is a stretch i'm gonna stop you right there okay (laughs) hey i am if you had any credibility hoisted on erin get it it off (laughs) well the funny thing is that it's because of the pandemic that i started nannying at all i was bartending full-time And then all the bartending shifts went away in March and I connected with the family that I work for now at the end of the summer. So end of COVID summer, I started watching um, a pair of siblings, a six and a four-year-old, and then a two-year-old from another family. The the families know each other from church, which is super cute and wholesome. I know, like they are. And I work for two uh, super cool Mormon families. That's another thing that I didn't expect to happen. But, and the kids, it doesn't affect really like anything the kids watch, you know, it's not restrictive or anything. Um, The six and the four-year-old, I love watching what they watch. Just this past week, they put on Raya and the Last Dragon, like that brand new Disney. Yeah. And I I had seen so many trailers for it and I knew that it was going to be good. But like midway through the day, I get there and like we have lunch and everything. And they're like, Aaron, we just watched this dragon movie and we really want you to see it. Like they, they will 
rent a movie, watch it, and be so hyped the next day to show it to me. And I was just like, okay, a dragon movie, like thinking that it's going to be some kind of B-rated. And then they put on Disney Plus and I'm like, oh, Ryan, the last dragon. Oh my God. <laughs> like I'm, you know, I'm making sure that we're sitting and we're watching and we're actually paying attention. So sometimes they they bring out the hits. The kids know what, what to watch, you know? I love that. That's also, I that's always a fun thing about childhood that I forget is that it's so fun to like school an adult or just show them your thing. Uh-huh. Like I have not as sweet of a memory. Um, honestly, I was thinking about this this weekend for no reason and it stressed me out. But um, when the show Victorious premiered on Nickelodeon, mm-hmm. I had seen it and then I screened it for my parents and I was like, so what do you guys think? Do you like it? Do you want to watch more of it when new episodes air? And they were like, sure, but oh my God. Wait, you wanted it to be like a family viewing event? Like you'd all sit down and watch Victorious? Yeah. So in my defense, we were an iCarly family. Like I I mean, I was the main Mm -hmm. one that watched it, but if it was on and they were in the room, like we would all have a good laugh together. Oh yeah. Uh, Fun for the family, you know? Yeah. And I'm looking at it. So, Victorious premiered in 2010. I was in eighth grade. That's a little too old to be, like, asking your parents if they want to watch a TV show with you. Not at all. I still do that. I'm still like, hey, mom, dad, you want to watch this, like, stand-up special with me? Like, come on. But that's different, though. Like, I was I was a teenager. I had my bar mitzvah. I was graduating middle school. And I was like, hey, guys, do you think this would be a fun, family-appropriate thing that we could watch together? I love it. I love it. <laughs> Well, thank you for the support. Uh, I don't think that became a regular rotation in the Wiseman household, mm-hmm. <laughs> but mm-hmm. live and let learn. Um, so wait, also wait. Uh, so quickly, what's do you have? What's your take on Raya and the Last Dragon? Is it is it good? Excellent, excellent. It's really funny. This has happened before, where um, with with a lot of Disney movies and a lot of movies like in general, but you know, it's entertaining for the kids. And then it's really, really touching for the adults watching. And so we're watching Raya and the Last Dragon. I'm tearing up. Like I'm sitting in the theaters for up, you know, like, and I just, and it's, it's funny to watch kids react to that emotion too, because it's this big buildup. Like the score is really good. The animation's amazing. You knew for this movie, the animation was going to be incredible, but you know, the kids are processing like a very heavy moment. I'm like, you know, sniffling and everything. And I'm like, Oh my God, like just stuff with like the parents and everything. But it was good. 10 out of 10. Like I will rewatch that on my own. Damn. Okay. Well (laughs) noted. (laughs) (laughs) No taken. Yeah. Seriously. Like I, I had a similar thought when uh, I was watching soul when it came out on Christmas Uh this past year. Cause like, God, I cannot imagine being a kid watching that. Like, it is, it's a beautiful movie. Like, it's really nice and entertaining to watch. But, like, it is so heavy at times. And, like, yeah, God, the whole thing of, like, hey, you don't, like, need to live out your fantasy to have a meaningful life. And I was just sitting there, like, thinking about stand-up, like, oh. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> that even that even happened today. I walked into work and um the four-year-old was watching some show on like his mom's phone 
And it was just like about kids in school and the kids were, they were at the dance and like the bullies were there and the bullies were being mean and everything. And the bully says like, oh, go away, loser or whatever to the main characters. And the four-year-old, he looks away from the phone. He turns to me and he's like, loser's a bad word. Like that is so mean. And he's, he's like a newscaster. He's reporting what <laughs> in the show and giving me the play-by-play as it's still playing that's like i don't know why but that clocks me as the most mormon thing i've ever heard <laughs> loser is a bad word <laughs> he's just reiterating the lesson to me <laughs> it's just it's so funny because they little kids are really excited to tell you what they just learned you know yeah They're so hyped to run up to you and just be like you're not gonna believe it <laughs> yeah that Again, you're hitting things that strike very close to home because I I say this on the podcast a lot, but I'm like a Wikipedia reader. I just like read like movies and TV show articles. And so like I also love IMDb facts. So like I'll tell somebody like a weird tertiary connection. Like, you know, these two actors, they actually shared a similar scene in a different (laughs) movie. And they're just like, yeah, uh uh-huh. Like my boyfriend (laughs) is so polite about it, but he's like, I no shits about this. Um (laughs) <laughs> so let, let's let's get to the meat and potatoes. So we're talking about Scooby-Doo today. Mm-hmm. Um, big topic that somehow like has never been covered on this podcast. So what what is your um, like personal history and connection to it? History and connection. Well, the reason you asked me like what's what's a kids show or movie? that I would want to talk about or that I had been thinking about and watching these two kids, the brother and the sister, they love watching Scooby-Doo mystery incorporated, um, which is like a 2013 or 14 reboot of Scooby-Doo. And it's this whole other, I had never seen it before. And it really made me laugh because it's the gang back in their hometown. And it's this whole like, involved story and I was I was on Wikipedia reading up about it and it was the, it's the first time that Scooby-Doo has ever had like a whole season arc like yes. a villain the whole time because most of the time it's very isolated silos you know of like a villain per episode but with this reboot um the thing that made me laugh about it is that you get into some of the characters like their families and stuff you meet all of Daphne has like 17 sisters or something like she <laughs> someone's got like an acrobat family i think it might be daphne i could be wrong no, but then you that find tracks. out like fred's parents are white collar criminals and all of this <laughs> you're just like someone had a lot of fun writing this you know well, also so i think i watched a handful of episodes because it went on netflix like a few years ago and everybody was like have you seen this new scooby-doo so isn't aren't um Velma and Shaggy dating at the beginning of it. That is, yes, it's bizarre. Like, it kind of makes sense though, in a weird, fucked up way. Does it? Wait, what's your take? Do you like them together, or do you not like the idea of them trying to be paired up? Um, I kind of like it because you have like Shaggy or not Shaggy. Sorry, Fred and Daphne are always like the classic. Like, yeah, those two are always together, and. Uh, Velma and Shaggy are seen as like the poster children of like asexuality and like it's kind of nice to see them be foils to each other because Velma is seen as a little bit more uptight and Mm -hmm. Shaggy brings out that kind of fun energy in her and then Velma is like 
Shaggy, you're a goddamn mess. Can you like stop? And he's like, yeah, yeah that's a good point. So- oh no. It's funny. Cause like it did. I remember reading like throughout the whole first season, it's more of just Shaggy and Velma are trying to figure out they have crushes on each other and they're trying to figure out whether or not they like each other. And it comes to a peak with Shaggy prioritizing Scooby. He can't let of a relationship with Velma get in the way of his friendship with Scooby-Doo. And like, that is how it sort of fizzles out. Like they're just, and it's, that's wild to me. You asked about like history with Scooby-Doo. I think that you and I peaked, like we hit the golden era of Scooby-Doo content. Cause here, I swear I'm pulling up the page with the reruns and the reboots but like oh yeah you also have the the huge uh wikipedia folder for scooby-doo media it is intense you have like all the tv series the um (laughs) films and specials directed video so there are 13 different iterations of the scooby-doo tv show not including all the movies and all that stuff but like direct like scooby-doo and scooby-doo starring properties It's wild. And I'm trying to find because it was from 98 to 2001. Every year, um, either like the Warner Brothers or the Hanna-Barbera. Here we go. um, They put out a movie every year and it was that really good stretch of, oh my gosh, here we go. Uh, Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island. Scooby-Doo. Terrifying. Ghost. The Witch's Ghost has the Hex Girls, which was very confusing for baby queers everywhere when that <laughs> premiered. Like, I remember seeing the Hex Girls and being like, oh, I'll examine this later. <laughs> like, I have some feelings. Then after that, it was Scooby-Doo and the Alien Invaders and then Scooby-Doo and the Cyber Chase. That was 2001. I remember that one. That was like very much like the most old internet looking yes! thing. And it's funny, like, I bet it's especially funny to go back and watch now because, like, you know, all the the kids' shows were incorporating, like, oh, the internet, like, the cell phones and and all of, like, the peak technology. For me, it's uh, Scooby-Doo and the Alien Invaders from the year 2000 that sits in my heart the most because Shaggy has the whole storyline with the hippie girl with who has a cool dog and then you find out the cool hippie girl has been an undercover space alien the whole time spoiler alert i'm very sorry for anyone who hasn't seen it 21 years later oh okay so this looking at the 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 wikipedia for it um so i definitely walked by this box a lot in uh blockbuster i don't know if i ever actually watched it because Mm. That list that you gave off, like right at the beginning, Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island, that was the one that I super remember watching and it Mm -hmm. terrifying me because if I remember this era, so like the late 90s, early 2000s, there was kind of a switch in Scooby-Doo media to be like, oh, monsters and like villains are real. It's not just like small town people just crooks, like yeah. yeah not crooks and grifters <laughs> trying to like improve their business get model the deed. get yeah. the deed to the old bar <laughs> but it's like oh mass conspiracies and like yeah, actual, for real. actual crimes that <laughs> these teenagers have to solve and 
it's so interesting. Like it, it's weirdly tracks with just how the rest of the world and the rest of kids media has kind of evolved to be like less like silly and light and more like there is weight to all of the decisions that we make. Mm hmm. The um, Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island set in New Orleans. Doesn't that incorporate? Wait, no, I'm thinking of a different one. There's one of the movies. Maybe, oh, it's The Witch's Ghost. I'm so sorry. It's the 99 one. Scooby-Doo and The Witch's Ghost. Um, there's a famous horror writer named Ben Ravencroft, of whom Velma is a huge fan. Do you know who voices Ben Ravencroft? Oh my god, I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> Tim Curry. Tim Curry. <laughs> He's everywhere. <laughs> well, that's a whole nother thing if we want to jump into like celebrity The Curryverse. The Tim Curryverse. The Curryverse. <laughs> <laughs> curry um, that's just like me talking about the different Indian food that I like to eat. It's the curryverse. <laughs> um but there are so many weird celebrity things in the Scooby like the most famous one is that the Scooby gang and the Harlem Globetrotters hang out a lot on oh, Solve yes! Mysteries. Yes! And that's super... I remember my parents taking me to a Harlem Globetrotters game, and to this day, I still don't understand. Like, I get it. I was like, oh, they just, like, kind of do tricks and stuff. But, like, I was like, why Why did my parents take my brother and me? We're, like, the indoor artsy theater kids. <laughs> like, ooh, acrobatics. Um, the, the funny thing about these four movies in a row first of all i think it's super impressive putting out like a, a kids feature length film like and just the planning that went into it because i remember i saw them so often because they would be rerunning on cartoon network and it was just like peak time you know i i remember like the friday five like the top five on cartoon network do you remember watching those at all no, it, that that bum, it's just bum, a weird. Bum, 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 cartoon, yes, cartoon. <laughs> that's what that was. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I would get hype. You thought you were nerdy in eighth grade. That's what I was doing on Friday nights, baby. <laughs> Holy crap! Well, I, so like all, the... <laughs> we also like uh, grew up right before and then the beginning of the Boomerang Channel, and I remember because mm -hmm. at this point, Cartoon Network it it was big and stuff, but they padded their schedule with a lot of these classic cartoons. And I remember them creating the boomerang channel. And I'm like, Oh, what a cash grab. Like it's cartoon <laughs> network. Let's leave the cartoons. Cause then like, like uh, out of Jimmy's head or whatever the fuck that show was that was coming on. And I'm like, that's not even animated. And I like, I very remember the, the rise of live action stuff on Cartoon Network around this period. And I'm like, this is such I just such picture you, shit. I picture like you as a kid being at a board table with like a sunny D and like you throw it and you're outraged and you're like, what is this shit? But yeah, come on, you remember when they started having live action stuff on Cartoon Network and being like, this isn't right. I, I now I'm just trying to remember what live action stuff are you thinking of? So the two things that pop into my head are, out of Jimmy's head, which was like this little boy gets into a horrific accident. And so they give, they do a, a brain implant and he has basically like Walt Disney's head essentially. And so like, he sees like all these cartoon characters all the time and it's like a fun hallucination as a show. And then there was also, they started doing like their own game shows, kind of like Nickelodeon did. Mm -hmm. And Winston from new girl hosted a trivia show where kids answer trivia questions while riding a roller coaster. <laughs> that sounds fun. I would watch that. 
it was good. I remember they had like a free episode on iTunes, so I downloaded it and played it on my iPod Nano. <laughs> I feel what like they designed they designed those shows, those like kids live action competition shows, so that if we were watching, we would want to be on it. You know, you want to do you want to be doing the challenges and the fun things, and you're like, I could do that better. I could win. <laughs> well, I I was obsessed with like the idea of hosting a game show. I still am to a certain extent, but I was like, oh man, I couldn't do that because like I would have to ride roller coasters all day. <laughs> I'd get sick, my belly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but so the the train of thought I was going on with these four movies coming out, yeah, one after the other up until the year two thousand one. Now we've arrived at the two thousand two live action Scooby Doo. Uh, featuring all the hits, Freddie Prince Jr., Sarah Michelle Gellar, my personal favorite, Matthew Lillard as Shaggy. And my personal favorite, Linda Cardellini. As Velma? Yeah. (laughs) So Matthew Lillard holds a special place in my heart, not just because he's Shaggy, live-action Shaggy. 2002, I was, oh my God, how old was I? Like nine yeah nine about to be 10 and um i i had seen this terrible terrible horror movie are you familiar with 13 ghosts at all ross i again i know the box from blockbuster (laughs) you've seen a lot of like the covers in blockbuster without ever having seen it yeah because you walk around for 25 minutes and you're just like wow these are pretty and that's Mm -hmm. that was yeah So I knew Matthew Lillard from this. It was so inappropriate for me to have seen before Scooby-Doo, but he's this like ghost hunter in this technological glass house. It's like a trap house and everything. It's really scary, but he's the guy like trying to defeat the ghost. And I was in love with him. I thought he was so cute. And then he appears as Shaggy in the live action Scooby-Doo. And I was like, well, that does it for me. (laughs) Soulmate right there. I have, a very specific story that I can only say because we're talking about this specific movie. (laughs) So I also saw this, of course, when it came out, uh, it was 2002. Mm -hmm. I was six years old. Two things. There you go. Two things. One, I was obsessed with this soundtrack. My mom bought me the soundtrack and I played it. It was a great soundtrack. The time. Like the the song Freaks Come Out at Night came on the radio the other day and I was like, oh yeah, from the Scooby-Doo movie because I am that poisoned uh, and then the second story is that i like i i love doing voices i recently mm-hmm. uh accepted the fact that i'm not great at voices but um <laughs> you know as a kid you love doing like you know scooby-doo voices and stuff and i tried to do the shaggy voice and it was so annoying to my brother that he told me you know the actor that plays Shaggy, he had to do the voice for the movie and he like lost his voice so much because it hurt his voice. And that scared me out of doing Shaggy impressions. Oh my gosh. Wait, were they just, they just didn't want you to be doing the Shaggy voice? Of course not. A six year old that's like (laughs) constantly. It's like, oh, who's got a fucking anvil or something? That's amazing. Wait, if we're talking about the live action Scooby-Doo soundtrack, that movie features Sugar Ray playing themselves. Sugar Ray plays <laughs> Sugar Ray. And when the monsters come out 
and infect like the beachgoers, all the innocent partiers. At one point, Sugar Ray pursues the mystery gang and like bangs in a roof with a guitar. You actually, this is a funny story. This is with a friend that you know from Temple Smash. Um, And we were watching, (laughs) we were watching this movie, not even like a year or two ago. And we were pissing ourselves laughing we were crying at the fact that sugar ray was pursuing freddie prince jr and sarah michelle geller we were just like this is too much the matrix is just glitching i can't handle it let's just like read through real quick some of the artists that appear on the scooby-doo 2002 soundtrack (laughs) we have shaggy of course we have outcast lil romeo we have solange Solange uh, featuring Murphy Lee. They sing their hit song, Thinking About You. Uh, we also have Carly Minogue, Bahamen, Simple Plan, and the Atomic Fireballs. A real Gotta have Simple Plan. Who's who of the early 2000s? Oh, I was obsessed <laughs> with Simple Plan. Back when, like, because Simple Plan is like, what if Green Day was appropriate for, like, elementary school students? <laughs> Simple Plan does the uh, the theme song for What's New Scooby-Doo. I know. I was going to transition to that as well. <laughs> but they came out the We've same year. We prepared Ross. Yeah. We're in too deep. So the Scooby-Doo 2002 movie, the real clunker of a movie, came out the same year <laughs> as Scooby-Doo Where Are You, which I, I think I have, I don't think I've seen every single iteration of the Scooby-Doo TV shows, but like, I watched two episodes just an hour ago, and like they're pretty solid. Mm-hmm. They're funny. I mean, like they're they're entertaining. They don't reinvent the wheel whatsoever, but like they're they're really solid. And you got you got to give them credit for that. But yes, so that <laughs> so, like I did read up about that show, and so uh, like real quick because I, I I hear that you also have stuff. This is the problem when we're both very excited about the topic. <laughs> So, uh, notable casting, it uh, it feature, features pretty much the only person that has ever voiced Fred, which is Frank Welker. Um, and this is also the last uh, show, I believe, of Scooby-Doo to feature Casey Kasem as Shaggy. He would do different movies and shows basically up until his death, but like the last decade of his career is pretty much only Shaggy stuff. But... Because uh, Casey Kasem became a vegetarian later in life, he requested that Shaggy also become a vegetarian. And they did. Aw, that's cute. I like that. (laughs) But sorry, what were you getting at? Um, The heck was I going to... Hmm... I'm so sorry. I must have... Oh, oh, so while I was reading up on, like, the live-action films... Um, the Scoob that came out last year, like the animated, do you remember yes. trailers for just like Scoob exclamation point? Yes. And I didn't see it because I was like, this feels so weird. Like, yeah. first of all, a pup named Scooby-Doo already existed. So we don't mm-hmm. need another origin story. Mm-hmm. Um, pup named Scooby-Doo also sidebar, like one of the most catchy theme songs, just like, it's just like gospel almost it's so uh in your face can you give us a little can you sing a little because i call all i remember is there's this clapping and then at the end a bunch of women go a pup named (laughs) scooby-doo like going way harder than they need to but yes i i do remember 
not watching the Scoob movie intentionally. I the the part that blows my mind is I was reading about it today and just hold on, let me because it it was it was start it they started planning it in 2013. It took until 2015 to get things going. It was originally planned to be released 2018. It was pushed back to 2020. Guess what the heck happened in 2020? And I, think all I remember, years, yeah. <laughs> something, something happened. In March 2020, the film's theatrical release was delayed. And then in April, they announced that the theatrical re- release was canceled. And they just put it out on premium. But I, I, never, I never watched it. I just rewatched the trailer like just today. And I think that it was so underwhelming. My brain just like went <laughs> goldfished and like scrubbed it. So I was reading about it today and I was like, I've never heard of this movie before in my life. And I was like, oh no, wait, that did come out. I think it was just bad. Yeah, it was bad. No one gave a shit about it. Um, yeah. It's it's that thing that everybody's kind of rallying against, but still happens of just like, oh, we're just going to put a bunch of famous people in these voice roles instead of like getting talented voice actors like your John DiMaggio's, even though he does appear in Scoop or <laughs> your D Bradley Bakers of source. Um, but uh, like th- what this movie does, what Scoop did that I completely forgot about and still I started looking at the Wikipedia is that they tried to do like a Warner Brothers cartoon cinematic universe thing. Uh-huh. So like they tried to villain. be like, yeah, Dick Dastardly, who yeah. we all vaguely remember, uh, yeah. shows up. Um, you have, uh, bas- basically that's the whole thing. It's like, oh, it's Dick Dastardly. And like, uh-oh, what other Hanna-Barbera people are going to come by? Um, mm-hmm. But then also mm-hmm. Simon Cowell's in this? Is he? As who? <laughs> um, He's credited as himself and Mystery Inc.'s first investor. Huh. So there's that. But yeah, this was like a whole thing that, yeah, you're right. It was pushed so, uh, like, so constantly and all this stuff got rewritten, which is never uh, a good sign. No one's like, wow, this took years to come out and it's great. I mean, I'm sure. Like, <laughs> this fucking, is our avatar. Yeah. This is, this is the Titanic. But unfortunately, uh, uh, Scooby didn't fly on a mighty Ekron. Uh. (laughs) One thing I am excited for in terms of future Scooby-Doo projects, I don't know if you saw this, but just this past February, February 10th, 2021, it was announced that Velma will have her own series on HBO Max and it will be adult-oriented. We're finally getting our Velma smut. Thank you, America. <laughs> I completely forgot that they were doing that. You know, it'd be pretty clutch if Cardellini swooped back in. <laughs> I feel so... I Look, if Linda Cardellini, if you're listening to this because you got a Google <laughs> alert for Scooby-Doo, I want to apologize that for years I only knew you as uh, Velma, not your character from Freaks and Geeks, not the myriad of other things that you've done. But mm-hmm. until Dead to Me and like your these like recent projects, I'm like, oh yeah, Linda Cardellini, the lady that played Velma. But oh, yeah. also, Vel- she killed it. She <laughs> does great. such a she good job. She might be, she might be my favorite Velma, aside from like OG cartoon from the '70s Velma, like Kraken Mysteries Velma. She does that in like the live action and everything. But God, yeah. something about her. 
Maybe you know, you know who is like voicing Velma in the current series, which is a very weird show, Scooby-Doo and Guess Who? Yeah, that's tell me about that. What do you know about that? So first of all, the voice of uh, Velma in that series, which I think is actually pretty good and inspired, is Kate Micucci, who you might know from Garfunkel. Yeah, Garfunkel and Oates, the comedy duo. She kills it. So the conceit of Scooby-Doo and Guess Who is that every week the Mystery Gang, Mystery Inc. solves a mystery and there's some sort of celebrity involved. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just the whole thing. Kind of like the latest iteration of Who's Line, where every episode they have to, like, sing to a CW star, and you're like, what the fuck's happening now? <laughs> so that's basically what the whole show is. Um, and I saw a clip of it on YouTube, and it has that weird new, like, Netflix original animation, where it's just, like, you can tell that it's very, like, cheaply and quickly done. Like, mm-hmm. it, it feels like like Flash, almost, and it's kind of not super pleasant to look at. Mm-hmm. Oh, you just made me think of, this is a little bit of a sidebar, were you a Teen Titans fan when it was on? I was not. I think I kind of understand it now and could get into it, but when it premiered, I was like, oh, this is, like, too boy for me. <laughs> <laughs> It was dramatic. The storylines, you want to talk about like the movie Soul where like it gets into some serious stuff, but it's still a kid's show. The villains in Teen Titans were like inflicting the harm and like PTSD like on these like teenagers and it was wild. Now Teen Titans has goofy Teen Titans Go, like this reboot where it's really, really silly. But the funny thing is about the kids I watch loving Teen Titans. I loved it when I was, you know, 10, 11, 12 years old and I was obsessed with it. And now they're watching like this really, really silly version. The show, um, they have books. They have Teen Titans books, Teen Titans Go, where it's like, you know, read through, read along and, um, you just pull direct screenshots from the show. It's exactly the show, just put into book form. And I was like, that is so slick and lazy, but profitable. Jeez. I do remember they did that for a while with like different like Disney Channel and Nickelodeon shows. Like I remember having a SpongeBob comic book and it was literally they printed like three segments into like a graphic novel format. So like yeah. for a while I was like, oh, the pizza spongebob thing that was that comic that i read not like oh <laughs> that episode you're, just, you're reading the spongebob manga the original manga yeah i had like my own tunes for the crusty crab pizza song it was <laughs> just classic here's one thing though about like the live action scooby-doo's i have no recollection of what the fuck happens in scooby-doo monsters unleashed like i know that they have like the museum and the then sequel? there's like like the follow-up to that one yeah and there's like a spell or something that makes them come back to life i I could I not tell, tell you. you. Yeah. I, I'm the same way. <laughs> I can't. I could not tell you what happens in the sequel. <laughs> well, that's fine then. But then there's also, if we're talking live action Scooby-Doo, I have not seen it, but there's Scooby-Doo The Mystery Begins, which is a different origin story, not like Scoob. And um, when you look at the poster, like it looks like a weird porn parody of Scooby-Doo. And I know... <laughs> That's weird and fucked up to say about like a kid's production. Uh, but like it it like looks weird. Like it does not look right at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's a live action one? 
Yes, it is another live action one. What? What year did it come out? Uh, 2009. Oh, that's, that's such a weird... <laughs> that just feels like a risky time zone to be... I don't know. I don't know why that rubs me the wrong way. Yeah, so it... There, there has basically been a new Scooby-Doo show pretty consistently since the year 1969. Like wow. every every decade, there's at least one to two Scooby-Doo adaptations. And it's really funny reading through the Wikipedias and like they just have to get more and more convoluted in terms of plot. But what I'm mm-hmm. really curious about is Be Cool Scooby-Doo, which... Uh, is from the uh, late two th- or sorry the mid 2010s so it's 2015 um, and basically they uh, it's confusing there's like character traits from the original <laughs> 1969 show and like the current characters like I think they're trying to do a Phineas and Ferb thing because it's like they're traveling during their last summer break together and then there's like a bunch of stuff that goes down mm-hmm man. It's, I was equally confused. It was really funny just the kids putting on Scooby-Doo Mystery Inc. just to watch it. And then they have their obnoxious babysitter being like, wait, Fred's parents are in this? Like, rewind it. Like, I want to see the plot. (laughs) But there's this whole crazy storyline where you find out that Fred's parents are bad and it's a part of this whole season long arc and they're plotting against, you know, the, the Fred and his friends and everything. And then you find out that like Fred, they aren't even his parents and he's adopted and he has Holy this other fu- like this whole journey for him. Yes. And I'm just like, and I'm looking at the kids and I'm like, this is okay. Whatever. You guys <laughs> like, yeah. like this. Okay. You like this? Like, What's your take on this? <laughs> And, and one thing is we kind of like uh, think about just the, yeah, the series as a whole, because we've kind of been talking about that. A weird thing about Scooby-Doo is like, I cannot tell you a single episode. Like, I have no recollection of like any specific plot, but I'm just like, everything, it's so hardwired into me. Just like mm-hmm. all of these characters, all of the general things that happen to them. I do remember them like g- g- putting together a barn dance at some point (laughs) i remember that always it really truly is and i remember there being like there was a rainy day where we just watched maybe like five or six episodes in a row because they end up being like 20 minutes like they're pretty size like they're easy to get through but it really is that format of they arrive in the place oh something happened they meet three to five characters any of them could be it and then you hit like Minute 17, and there's, oh, the monster's here. He's going to chase you. Music montage. There's always got to be a song. and So many doors. <laughs> opening the doors and running all over, and maybe you find an important clue and everything. But, yeah, we just, I really was just looking at it obnoxiously from, like, I wonder what it was like to write this and make it and, like, you know, plan it out and man, I just want to work on a Scooby-Doo show. I want to do it so bad. I've been thinking about this for a while that like I would love to try to write some sort of mystery because mm-hmm. it seems like to come up with just like a crime and like some weird, <laughs> confusing uh, reasoning for everything and then just being like, okay, now I'm just going to like bury it in this like 
20 minute plot but like <laughs> holy crap yeah it, it follows the exact same formula every week it's very comforting and simple like a game show or something you're just like yep i know exactly what i'm getting into every week mm-hmm. and like there's a reason that it's lasted this long over this many iterations like it's uh, just seeing people solve mysteries like that will never be old yeah. like you know there will always be some sort of x-files monster of the week thing but like this show killed it why why do you think it has stuck around this long what do you think the lasting power is i i think it really has to do with generations and constantly rebooting and reinventing itself cuz like there's so many like that new Tom and Jerry movie that just came out. No one gives a shit about Tom and Jerry. Nobody gives a shit about that movie. <laughs> Hot take. No one gives a fuck. If if somebody hears like Tom, I love Tom and Jerry. I have, I'm wearing a shirt of them right now. Email me and we'll talk. But like, like we've talked about Looney Tunes properties on this show before. And they just don't have as much of a lasting power, I think, because... They exist for a little bit, then they disappear, and they really only exist in, like, reruns on Boomerang or some other weird channel at a crazy hour of the day. But Scooby-Doo, they're constantly making new episodes. Uh, There's always either some movie that they're doing or some TV show. They're digestible, so you could just, like, watch whichever and it doesn't matter. And considering that they've been on since 1960, like... My grandparents, my parents, and myself, we've all watched our own versions of it, but they yeah. all like kind of come back to the same point. And it's, uh-huh. it's, I think it kind of has to do with like why I love the Muppets and why they have a uh, lasting power too. That like they've existed for so long, but they change just enough with the times while still maintaining mm-hmm. their true self. God, this is like the most like actual analyzing I've done on this podcast in a while. <laughs> beautiful insightful oh it brings the generations together i'm like i think it's because the dog sounds silly (laughs) (laughs) i think i think it is the that scooby voice of just like like it's funny and just like a dog being scared like oh monsters (laughs) and also you and i are media and like tv dorks and like everything about scooby-doo has been parodied deconstructed so many times but there's something so magical when you watch something you're like oh this is where that thing is from like uh-huh. when you discover like oh like some voice that you always hear like some like weird new york voice and you're just like oh it's from this like like you know when you watch goodfellas or the godfather and you're like oh this is what everybody's yeah this making is fun of all the time this is this is where the meme was born exactly yeah, Scooby-Doo is just a, a long-lasting meme. That's actually <laughs> not a terrible way to put it. It really is. Oh, my gosh. I Truly, the 2002 live action should be in a time capsule. Like, that, it captures so much. And then you get that beautiful, and especially because you saw it when you were six. You were six years old in theaters, and that was the first time you experienced Rowan Atkinson at the end, where he's the one inside. <laughs> He's the robot. No, no. Scrappy is inside. <laughs> also, not to be that guy, but that was not my first interaction with Rowan Atkinson. Oh, I, of really? Course, that makes sense. I, of course, had Mr. Bean tapes in my house. Mm. Come on. <laughs> you know me. I should not have assumed that you didn't know Mr. Bean. That's my fault. Also, weirdly enough, like I watched that movie 
rat race at a very young age for some reason. <laughs> Didn't get anything out of it, but <laughs> that's oh there. God. Oh my god. Well, Aaron, thank you so much for coming on and just like talking about Oh my god. Well, <laughs> we'll have to figure out another media franchise that we could both just talk at each other about for an hour. Um, mm-hmm. But is there anything that you would like to plug or promote right now? Man, in terms of like comedy stuff coming up i'm just i haven't performed in a minute you know i do miss stand-up i i'm really excited for it to get warm out and for outdoor shows to come back down, down here in georgia so i'm looking forward to getting back mainly just to open mics and like writing jokes because the nanny job kids write so many jokes for me ross like I just, all I need is just to go to a mic and tell stories of the things they say (laughs) and do because it makes me crack up. I tell my cats, but my cats don't laugh that loudly. So (laughs) no, I totally agree. I'm excited because I've, I've had weird moments of like, uh, productiveness over the past year. Not too many. Um, but (laughs) there've been a few where I'm like, Oh, I'm actually writing new bits and none of them involve COVID. And I'm so excited that I don't have COVID jokes. Right. Oh right? my God. That's true. That's a good feeling. So the thing, the thing I want to plug is um, keep yourself safe until you feel ready to go back to live comedy, and when you feel ready, it will be there, and I will be there talking about Scooby Doo. <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, perfect. And also, you know, follow Erin on social media because she's she's a funny person. I love her. Um, and yeah, rate and review us on iTunes. You know the whole deal. I say it every week, but. We will hear you in a fortnight and go, go gadget and show.